We have an awesome episode today. We're going to talk about Purim, being happy during difficult times. And we're going to try to get to some tips to find the essence of Purim so that we can really experience it no matter what the situation is. And stay tuned to it for the end when we talk about our top threes of favorite Purim costumes. Hello all. This is Aaron Wogelanter, and I'm here today with my co-host, Rabbi Wogelanter, a.k.a. The Father. And this is Around the Shabbos Table. Around the Shabbos Table podcast was created to bring you our thoughtful conversations on a wide range of topics that a Jew encounters throughout his or her life. Our dream is to share some of our joy of being a Jew by breaking open some of these ideas and showing the beauty and relevancy that are sometimes hidden behind them. Don't be fooled by the name. Shabbos was not desecrated in any way, shape, or form in the production of this show. This podcast is part of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network, a growing network of the greatest Jewish podcast content trying to make Judaism more intentional. Now, let's get around the Shabbos table. You know, I saw something amazing today. Um, you and I have been talking throughout the day of you know, tonight's podcast, and um, just a few minutes ago, I saw a thing come in about... We try not to have a podcast before the podcast. That's our, our main goal. Our main goal is that this should be... One podcast a day. One yeah. podcast a day. It shouldn't, you know, because otherwise we're like always walking around with these like recorded things. Okay, go. Let's go live. <laughs> right. But, uh, but I, I saw that Lakewood is um, paring down there. They're not having... The, she was not having a Masiba the first time in like 80 years. Um, you know, good decisions, and that's not not our position tonight to to debate that. But uh, you know, a good position, and we know around the world that that everybody is doing something different to this Purim. Um, we we remember what happened last Purim, and you know, it's uh, it, it, we have to we have to shape things in a different way, and that's and that's all healthy and good. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, in the U.S., I, it was a bit behind us. Yeah, a bit behind us. We're we're so in Israel starting, was like. It's already like the yard site already. It's already the year because Perm was just the moment where I remember on Perm like giving like these kinds of handshakes. Right. That was already like on Perm. But I remember the U.S. being like, you know, three or four weeks behind us. So I don't know if people, you know, not everyone had that experience. Was like, oh, this is like the anniversary of, of being pared down. Right. But, you know, and, and even last year, when you talk about being pared down. We didn't really pare down much. Um, we just very we were aware of it, and we knew that we were getting right. into something, but we weren't so fully aware of what it was. And now we know what it is, and therefore, just in general, we we take we take certain precautions and we're careful, and you know we're going to continue that over Purim, and it's going to have an effect on the way that we celebrate Purim. But no way does it have to have an effect on what the essence of Purim is. I just remember back to 1991, and I think I got my years right, and it was the um, the Scud War, you know, the the um, the the Gulf War and it was it was a rough forty some odd days. Um, I, I mean, even remember, I don't even remember if I told you this, but but Zadie, my father, you know, Devora was living here, and um, and she had you know she had all these little kids, and she was and and Aryeh was in Miluin, so he wasn't home, and every time one of these things went off, they had to go into the Chederatum, they had to go into this uh, you know into this room. Put on their gas masks, shut the door. I mean, it's like a big, a big hassle. And she had to wake up all these, um, you know, bring them into the cheratum and and wake up all these kids. And it was a big, it was really a big deal. And my father, who was not a traveler, and uh, you know, he wasn't one of these, you know, get on a plane and go kind of guys. He did it 
one other time for uh, you know for for his brother Shiva when when he lost a daughter, but it wasn't he, that, that wasn't his his mo. He got on a plane, told the school he's taking off. He got on a plane, and he came to Eretz Yisrael, and and he sat. He was there in the house and just helped my sister, another pair of hands, help her take care of the kids. And he just stayed in the house. I mean, he was just he was just there for them, and uh, and it was just an incredible, absolutely incredible thing. And, uh, and I remember people coming to me before Purim saying that we have to cancel the Purim Suda. You know, we in the show had a very, very big Suda and it was a big communal thing and um, we have to cancel the Purim Suda. It's just not appropriate. And it wasn't the only time that I had heard that over the years. But uh, but I remember it was a very big thing that we really shouldn't be having it. And, and, and it was some very strong and very powerful, influential people and smart people, not, you know, not silly people, but but just felt we shouldn't have it. And I all along was saying that no fakir, you know, this year we, we need to have it because the message of Purim is a message that we we must hold on to. That, you know, in the in the darkness, in the Hester, we get to see the, the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it was just something we needed to see. Well, it happens to be that the war ended on Purim Day. And I remember that that, that Purim was was mamish like it was it was you know the scud purim it was amazing that we didn't just talk about purim we didn't just we didn't just talk in a theoretical you know in a theoretical way about vertlach about purim you lived through your mamish saw the message of purim with your own eyes and uh, and I just feel like this year this is we have to get sort of get back to the message of purim and and recognize that there is a lot of pain around us there's a lot of you know, a lot of people that have gone through a lot of really, really difficult things and continue to go through difficult things in, in every city, in every place. Whatever place you are connected to, there are people that are experiencing great difficulties. In your own family, we've had it. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's people experiencing all around us. There's also like political unrest, meaning the, the, the world, the U.S., that things are, things are a-changing, you know? Things are a-changing. And, and, and there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of clouds in the sky, a lot of clouds in the sky. But that only brings us back, you know, some two thousand years to to the original Purim, and there were plenty of clouds in the sky, and and you just look back and sort of go through that, go through the story, go through the uh, the events of Purim, and understand what they had to go through and what they had to do, in order to be able to achieve the things that they achieved, and and we have a great model, of of what we have to do on Purim. It's an avoda Purim. It's not a. It's 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 not. You know, they have this song, Chag Purim, Chag Purim, Chagadol, and I don't know what they It's Layudim, right? It's Layudim, right? Layudim, right. It's Layuladim? It, everybody says Layuladim, but but that's the whole that's the whole perversion of Purim, that it becomes... I always thought it was Chagadol, Layudim. Because I, you know, I, I, oh, I pushed that with you. Ah, yes. because, because I learned it as a child, as Layuladim, that it was a kid's holiday. And and it makes me absolutely crazy. It's not a kid's. It's a tifa holiday. It's two tifa kids. You know. It's I mean, not a, it's two tea for us. It's like it's like Bugs Bunny Lahavdal. Bugs Bunny. My father used to tell me this is not for kids. The the, the messages that were embedded. My father used to tell me the fascinating the, the messages that were embedded in him. It says it looks like a kid's cartoon, but there there are messages here. Look, it's the same with Lahavdal. You on Bugs Bunny is like Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> to Bugs Bunny, right? <laughs> Shrek right. is not for kids, but I hear perm perm is not like the perm always always speaks to me because there's something so um, nistar about perm that you know the the I think the Medrash Chazal say that 
The only the only yamtif that'll be lasted lavo is Purim. Boom, you're finished. Yeah, I don't understand anything. No Rosh Hashanah, no Yom Kippur. Like we talk about, you know, every Rav talks about the whole time. This, this is the Yandif, and this is the most important thing. And all of a sudden, boom, you get this bombshell saying, no, Purim is, is in essence, is it mean it's the most important? Okay, it needs to break it open. But what, it, what that, that mimer tells me is that um, it is deeper and more important than Chagadol Yiladim. That is correct. Absolutely correct. And that's, and that's I think, what's, what it's worthwhile to spend a couple of minutes on trying to, to you know, unpackage that and break it open a little bit of, of what exactly is Purim? What should we be focusing on on Purim? And, and even if I ended up having to have Purim on my own, I mean, literally, you know, let's say a person has Purim on their own, can they achieve the Avaida of Purim and, and achieve the Simcha of Purim? Is that, is that possible to achieve on your own? And obviously, I, I mean, I believe it's a, it would be an incredible amount of work. I've never had to do it, but but I can. I, but it's possible to get there. Okay, let's take a break for a second. We'll get right back to this. Last year, at the beginning of the pandemic and the lockdown here in Israel, Pesach totally caught us off guard. We didn't know how we were going to do shopping because of the lockdown, and worse, there was a serious egg shortage in the country. So this year, in order not to spend those precious pre-chag hours online at the supermarket waiting for 12 eggs we're gonna buy early like now i'm already stuffing my kids pockets with eggs every time we go to the supermarket this allows me to spend more time before yantif focusing on the essence of the holiday the point is that pesach is coming and we have to take care of food prep so we can spend time preparing and focusing on the important parts of yantif pesach gourmet makes this possible this year they're offering incredible catering services for fresh delivery in Orlando and special FedEx deliveries to anywhere in the US. So if you want to enjoy time with your family and not compromise on the quality of food, then go check out PesachGourmet.com. I'll put the link in the show notes for an easy and awesome way to order food for Pesach. And for listeners of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network, Pesach Gourmet is offering $200 off your order when you use promo code IJPN200 at checkout. So again, prepare for Pesach. Order now at PesachGourmet.com and use promo code IJPN, that's all capitals, IJPN200 for $200 off your order. Now back to the show. Before, before we get to Perm in particular, this, this idea of Perm, I want to just, that, that story that you said is an amazing story. And I think it brings up the struggle for Perm. It brought up the struggle for many people for you know Yom Kippur. What is Yom Kippur? And, and in everything we experienced this year, really a full year. What is the Chag? What is the day? What is life? All those kinds of questions. But I think that more importantly, it brings up this requirement that the Torah says that you sort of when the Yantif comes, you have to control your emotion in a way to be besimcha. To be besimcha, even though things around you are not. I think that's a tremendous, regardless of perm and regardless of, of Corona, I think that's an important lesson because everybody in their life, I know we had a, we had a tremendous, I learned this in a tremendous way. It's, it speaks a little bit to, you know, what Shlomo Melch says, the Cholzman Ve'es, that there's a time for everything. There's a time to be sad, time to be happy. And sometimes those, those uh, come head to head because you're, you, you want to be sad but it's the ace to be to be besimcha, or you want to be besimcha, and it's the ace to be sad, and that's that's this um, struggle of constantly 
trying to find how you're supposed to be and then really getting your emotions to that place. When I was in Darche Torah, our beloved Rosh Hashiva's father was Nifter one day. And that day was the day of the wedding of one of our friends who didn't have a father and mother. And Shiva was his father. It was his parents. And we were so psyched, so stoked for this wedding. And then this, this Leviah and this funeral came on that day. And it was, we were young, you were, you know, 18, 19 year old boys. We didn't know how to do this. And people went to the Rosh Hashim and they said, what in the world are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to go to this wedding tonight? And he said, you're going to the wedding for him. You're going for me. You're going to be besimcha. Now you're sad. You know, go back, take a shower and go to the wedding. And you're happy. And you have to be able, and he told us, taught us this lesson of l'chol's ma'am And there's a time and a place for everything. And to be able to switch. It was the, the most fascinating experience because it didn't feel like I was at a funeral at a wedding. There was a funeral. You got your emotions out. You dealt with them. And you went to a wedding and you dealt with those. So like tucking something away. And it requires you to, to be extremely in control and extremely emotionally healthy to do this. Um, but it's sort of sometimes you see that the Torah and the Chagim are requiring you to do that. Perm is a good example because Perm comes like right in the middle of the workday. You're working right before, you're working right after. And then you have like this Perm. And it's not like a Shabbos, which... Okay, you like you there's you can hype yourself up for a Shabbos. Perm literally comes out of nowhere. A yantif is more, you know, where you have you have to prepare for it. Yantif is like out of perm's like out of nowhere. So it's sort of the paradigm for this um structure of of having to be besimcha within your regular uh format and infrastructure, and that's hard. But um but I think that that's what I that's what I'm taking from that story you told me and, and this story. You, you have to be in control of, of your emotions. You know, th- this concept of lechol's manves, that everything, everything has its time. That we, have to, we have to sort of be able to turn ourselves and face the thing that we are involved in and then throw, be present, throw ourselves into completely to what's, to what's happening. You know, by Yaakov Avinu, when, when Yaakov Avinu was about to meet Esav, so it says he sent him a present, he davened Hashem, he got ready for war. Those are, those are things that are size for each other. Those are big steers. If you if you're davening Tashem, then you don't need to prepare for war. If you're preparing for war, then what's sending, you know, what's the diplomacy and sending presents for? Because the, the truth is, is that he realized that that one of these things was, you know, all of these things were necessary. They're all intertwined with each other. But when he did each one of them, he threw himself in to each one of them as this is the only thing that I need to do. So when I make my ishtadas, it's my ishtadas that I have to make. And when it's um, my my bitachon, then it's my bitachon that I, I throw myself into completely. And it's all, you, you, you turn to the thing that you're dealing with and you throw yourself into that thing. I, I experienced this as myself, a very personal, you know, in a very personal way that uh, on the 18th anniversary of the shul, which every anniversary of the shul was always a very big deal. We made a, you know, big kavana, but we made a very big deal over the anniversaries of the shul. The 18th anniversary, I mean, it was like, it was like such a shock to everybody. We made it to 18 and, and we were thriving and it was, you know, it was amazing. And uh, we had just moved into the new shul. So really, it was a really huge deal. Her uh, of Pesach Kron was coming for Shabbos. Um, he was gonna he was gonna talk and um, and give shurim and and speeches and then Sunday night was a massive gala and uh, Friday night was a big dinner by by somebody's house and then Shabbos lunch was the entire community was invited for lunch and uh, Thursday afternoon 
grandma was Nifteris. And um Your mother. My mother, yeah. And uh it was it was she wasn't she wasn't sick or anything, so it was a it was a huge shock to everyone. And she was more of in the community. I mean, she was she lived by us. She right. lived by us and she was she was very much a part of the community. Anytime you needed volunteers, you know, grandma was there and, and she became very friendly with people. So it was it was a massive shock to the community. Levi wasn't until Sunday, so we were staying we were staying for Shabbos and then leaving on Matsuri Shabbos. So the, the the Shilas were huge. You know, we dance every Friday night. So I'm, I'm in Aninos, but on Shabbos, not in Aninos. So what do we do with dancing? What do we do with the whole Shabbos? So I spoke to, to Reb David Cohen and, and focused me halachically, but also focused me in, in, in what I needed to do and that there is no there is no Avelos on Shabbos and Shabbos is Shabbos and, you know, for the community and all those factors and... It was a great education for the community also because I had an opportunity. I wrote a letter before Shabbos explaining everything. It was the whole thing was stunning. You didn't find the letter. No, I didn't find the letter. I would have loved but, to see. It. Okay. Yeah, but it was it was the most I would have to say the most amazing Shabbos in my life because I had to I had to turn toward Shabbos with complete and total focus and and say this is now Shabbos. And and forget about the 18th anniversary of the shul and all that that I could actually, on on many levels, sort of push to the back, but Shabbos was in the front, and to focus and grab onto the kedusha Shabbos was, was something incredible. I once heard from from one of one of my students who was in the army here, and he was in the, um, the war in Gaza, and he said that for five, I think it was like five weeks or whatever, you know. Shabbos wasn't wasn't really Shabbos while he was doing things. He said, but every Shabbos there was a couple of minutes where where you know he wasn't doing anything and it was and it was Shabbos. And he says he said to me that those were the best Shabbosas of his life. Because he had to focus and find Shabbos and there. Find Shabbos Fascinating. In that. And and that's you know when when you sit Shiva, you know that also. That that you have to you know when you're when you're in your year of Avelus and all of that you have to find in that moment you have to you have to fully face and connect with that moment you have to you have to address that moment and and then and then find find what's there in that moment whereas the rest of your life you sort of you know and that's and that's a little bit of our problem but that we sort of go through and we drift from from issue to issue and from thing to thing from yontif to yontif yeah and we just we we let it happen over us i mean as opposed to us making it and and that's i mean certainly that's true of shabbos that that shabbos we slip into a into a certain mode of shabbos the way that we observe shabbos as opposed to addressing it as opposed to to stopping from before shabbos and looking at it in the eyes and saying what am i getting out of this shabbos what's going to be this shabbos is this shabbos is aliyah even even you know this this idea this this light this light going on something but what am i going to get out of this shabbos and i think that being conscious is is really that that that's really what comes out of this right right being in, intentional and and conscious of what you're doing just one more story before we move on to to perm that um there was there was this mice about Rabari Levin that he found out on Shabbos day that his daughter was Nefteris and he didn't cry there's a story in our family not not this my family but in in um, Adol's family that's similar to that 
the difference of those two stories and the reason why I like the Rabbi Levine story is because after Shabbos, he cried. And the end of the story is what's important. That somebody found out on Shabbos that their daughter died and they didn't cry. A kaltalitbach, meaning then you're 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 not you're not possibly that you're not emotionally attached to it, fine, but that you're emotionally attached enough after Shabbos to cry, but on Shabbos not, is the is the one of the greatest examples of this. I know it's a sad example, but it's the greatest example of being present where you are, and and I think that's the. Uh, so I'll tell you another story. Okay. You're gonna one up me? Yeah. No, it, it, it no no that's not one upping, but. But it just brings up it just brings up a lot of issues. This discussion when um, Zadie was when my father was sick, and um, he had a very short sickness. It was eleven weeks from when he was diagnosed until until uh, he passed away. And he was in his last two weeks. It was clear that he was, you know, that he was leaving us. And um, we thought that it was going to be imminent, but it had slept out a little bit. And it was uh, Shavuos. It was a three day yontif. It was. Um, Shabbos, and then Sunday, Monday, Shavuos. And um, at that point, I, I, we just felt that I needed to be back with the family. We had a lot of little kids, and I needed to be back with the shul. And the whole family, you know, it was my sisters and my, my mom and everybody, we, we made a decision that I should go right before Yontif, as I left the latest flight I could on Friday morning, and then come back right after Yontif. So it happens to be that he was Nifter on Shabbos morning. My sisters were there in the hospital with him, and they ended up spending Shavuos two, two, three days really because it was he was Nifter early um, Shabbos morning. So it was three days. Like I, I, I can't even imagine how difficult that must have been. But my uncle called. Those were the days where you still had um, answering machines. You know, it wasn't voicemail. So Yaakov had gone out. We, we were in the middle of Ni'ilas Achag. We made a big Ni'ilas Achag. Shavuos, dancing, singing, gishmak. And, uh, and Yaakov went out to the bathroom. And as he went out, he heard the message. This is in, the, in the old shul. Where in the old shul. Right. Yeah. So he, so he went out, passed the, the machine. He heard, the, he heard my uncle leaving the message that, you know, make sure you get on the plane because, you know, your dad passed away. And uh, and when he came back in, I I could see in his face, and I, and I knew what happened, but it was still Yantif. Well, well, wasn't much of Yantif left, but there was it was still Yantif, and we were in the middle of Nila Sachag. So, I said, what do I have to do? I mean, right, right now, what's in front of me is Nila Sachag. There's nothing I can do. I'm I'm not in Aninus yet. I mean, it's a, you know it's still Yantif. So, plugged away, finished, and then as soon as Yantif was over. I just I collapsed. I mean, it was just I couldn't. It, everything hit me, and I wouldn't let it hit me until until that moment. And it, it just I, I I remember how much strength it took. You know, it, it was I don't even know where I found it from, and it's nothing that I could have I could have said before. And that I'm going to do this when this happens. It's just you know it, it just sort of happened that way. But that's I think that that's what these stories bring out the requirement. But I, but do you do you not believe that? This is a requirement on every Jew, every Shabbos. Every Jew, Meaning, every Shabbos. You go into Shabbos, it's the worst 20 minutes of your week is right then. And then you have to go into Menucha. What is Menucha? I just almost killed my wife. And then it's like <laughs> the, literally the worst. What am I supposed to uh, Menucha. Right. 
And you have to, and, and that's what it. That's what it takes. You have to relax yourself. You have to get into it. You have to focus. You have to focus on your requirement. But I think we have to answer that question for every Shabbos, every day, every Chag, and and I want to do that now for Purim here, so that so that we can know what is Purim and. And and what is the essence, and how can we do that? We're going to put that in our bag, so we can experience that no matter where we are. Is the is the idea? But that's that's what this is. So, so I'll, I'll tell you my my take, um, sort of boiled down and whittled down to one, really to, to one one small thought. Your one liner, your one liner for Purim. It's 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 a one liner for Purim. We'll develop the the one liner. That's but, the idea. Is you yeah. should get it to a one a one liner for and and then just have that, and all your all of your divrei Torah and all of your learning will will can simmer down to that and 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 get into that, and you can experience Yantif on that level. Each each time could be different. Each year can be different, but that um, that you should have a theme. I think is the best word. A theme running in your right. in your system. So, so I, I think Purim there are two themes. I think the one is, and I'm not gonna that I'm not gonna deal with so much, is Lech Knos Kalehudim. Is when Esther turns to, to Mordechai and says, Go get them all together. Get them all together, let's daven, and then we'll take it from there. Because that's what we're that's what we're missing. We're missing a togetherness, we're missing missing a sense of of caring about each other. We're missing a sense of connection to each other, and we see how that played out. And we see that the, the, all the mitzvahs of Purim have to do with that. It's all about lech knos kol yudim, and that I think is an easy one to develop for That's people what to develop. Saw in us as well. He saw an amafuzar. He, he saw ben, that we weren't right. together. We weren't working, functioning as a unit. That's right, and that we were vulnerable at that moment because we weren't functioning as a unit. So I think that that there's so much that's going on now that's spreading us apart, and that's ripping us at our cores. That I think that that if you know you stop on Purim and you just say, "What can I? How can I be part of a solution?" Not how can I change this because you you know you're a fool if you think you could change it, but you can be part of the solution. You. And then the next person next to you and the next person next to you, so then that can bring about a solution. There's nothing global really for us to do, but there is a lot to do within ourselves. There's nothing really physical either because a lot of people are restricted and can't be kadosh kolay yehudim. Right. But it's a it's a mindset. It's a feeling. We talk about this a lot in our non-podcast podcast, but we, uh, I think this nakuda always, it, it goes off in my head when you say this, that the, the sinna, the hatred, right. every... Klal Yisrael thrives. Am Yisrael thrives on having different. This is what you were saying last week, but having different ideas and different sheets and different opinions. We need to have everyone. What we don't need is the hatred for someone else's, and and we can disagree. That's not the point. Not, this is not a a lovey kumbaya moment, as you say. This is not. It's not, and that's not me. But that's not the point. The point is, I disagree with you. And I can find a place in my heart where that doesn't offend me and it doesn't hurt me and I'm not and therefore I'm not mad at you and I need to work on that. Right. But the sinner needs to get taken away. And you can you, you read it in the posts, you read it in the articles, and there's uh, there are certain people I don't know if like you want to shout them out, but there are certain people who who know how to argue without the sinner. And I and I like that and I appreciate that. But that's sort of the antidote here that we can work on with not dealing with it, but but that's sort of the thing with Lech Kanos is how much, how, ask yourself that question. Are you part of this Klal? Are you part of this Am Yisrael? 
and you view everybody as an arm, as a leg, as part of this, um, this body of Am Yisrael. I think that's a, that's an important thing we can work on. A hundred percent. And I think that that's kind of work that we can do as we're sitting on our sudas, as we're, as we're reading the Megillah and we read those words, I think there's, there's a lot to be done there, but I want to focus on something else. The thing I want to focus on is, is that, um, and, and this is, this is partial to things, but it's just good to hear it brought up again and then to find it inside of ourselves. The, um, one of the clear themes of Purim is the concept of, Hester Panim, the concept of, of God, God be, being concealed and being behind the curtain. And it, it's, you know, the. Well, you the could name, say, give it over in the story. Like, you could say it quick. The, the whole story, the name, the name Esther, right? The, the very name of the, of the um, heroine of the story is, is Hester, is last year to hide. The whole story was a miracle that took place within nature, which means that it was a, it was a nascent Nistar. It was a hidden miracle. It wasn't a nascent nigla. There wasn't a moment you can't you could point, point to at. anywhere and That's say. You, there's no Cecil B. DeMille moment, as I say. Right? Like, there's no moment you could say, wow. A lot of, as, as I say, is this going to be, besides just the breaking the matzah, there's a lot yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> the, now the, it's on record. Right. Now you can't forget it. Yeah, exactly. The, After but, we but get a whole year of podcasts, we'll have all your. Uh... Right. There's no, but there's no moment that you can look at and say, that's the turning point. Yet every there single is moment, God, Zach Haley, it's right. very, it's it's much but, harder. To but say. every moment was a was a turning point. But I think that the, one of the really really fundamental things is is that you open up the Megillah and what you don't find is you don't find the name of God. And unfortunately, all of the um, the secularists say that the reason you don't find the name of God in the Megillah is because it has nothing to do with God. It was a story of you know the Arabian Nights. I remember a Rabbi next door to us he used to say that it was a a story straight out of the Arabian Nights, you know, Alibaba and the and the what is it, Forty Thieves or whatever, and 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 it's nothing like that. There's a very very important understanding and teaching as to why God's name is not in the Megillah. When in truth, His name is all over the Megillah. The, the, there are many psukim that are the first letter of the of the, the of the four words that run within the pasuk. There's Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey. There are quite a few psukim like that in the Megillah. There's also well, that the, only speak that doesn't speak to the nigla to the revealed part of God. It speaks to the hidden to the Hester. To, you can uh, only find it through this acronym and through a hundred percent. And and the word Hamelach, so Chazal tell us that the word Hamelach is not referring to Achashverosh when it says Hamelach. It's referring to the Melech to, to our King to God. So God's name is really all over the all over the Megillah. The roots of all of this go back to the Shabbos before Purim, which is Pasha Zohar, this coming Shabbos, where we talk about Amalek. And Amalek, we say, is Bechinas Suffolk, right? That they are, their very essence is Suffolk, is doubt. And what doubt means is that when you look at things, you don't see something special in it, you just look at the surface, which is really the same as cynicism, but I'm just not, I'm not going to get that now. But, but, but it's, it's really looking at something and denuding it of its specialty, of its specialness and just seeing the surface of it. There's a, a beautiful medrash that says that when the Amalekites came to the desert, what they found was that they found there were um, the, the orlas the, the, uh, the, from the Brismila. They found a pile of orla and they took the orlas and they threw them up klapishmaya, which is such a weird image. Uh, just yes. It's it's like you know a pile of leaves and you and you and you run through a pile of leaves. It's do you, yeah. I, I know, do you know what a narla is, right? <laughs> it's, it's it is it is a crazy it's a crazy image. 
How could they do that? How could they do that? So the the answer is that because what they saw was they saw the the remnants of a surgery. At best, they saw an act of barbarism because they couldn't see anything special in the teva and in, in something that was in, in in they couldn't see something in in the world that represented something. All they saw was the the teva of it, the nature of it. This was just an arla. It's all. They didn't see that this was an ice brisk kaidish. They didn't see that this was something that there was something special behind this. And that's why when when we talk about a malik, we talk about asher karcha bederach. Just what happened? What, what happened? Because right. to them, it's all coincidence. It all just happened. And that's what Haman was about also. By Haman, he couldn't see anything. He couldn't see anything special. He couldn't see anything. He, he, couldn't, make, he couldn't make connections between things. He couldn't read behind a maven dover, mitar dover. He couldn't see the storyline of what was happening in front of him, what Esther was doing and what her role was. He couldn't, right. Everybody around him could see it. And they said, if you know, if if, if you're some Zeri Udim, then you have to worry because this is what this is what all of this is meaning now. And no, he couldn't see a thing. When when Haman looked at it, all Haman saw was Teva, was nature. All he saw was just it was just the surface, was just regular. Mordechai looked at it, and he understood that there was something very deep here. There was a message that was being sent to him. God left his name out of the Megillah. His name was left out of the Megillah so that we now have a choice. You can either see the world like Amalek, or you can see the world like Mordechai. You can either look at things like Haman did and just see a story, nothing more than a story. Or you can look at that story and you can see Hamelech embedded in the story. You can see Yudke Vavke embedded in the story. You can tell a story in two ways. You can tell a story as a coincidental thing, or you can tell a story that that you're seeing in everything the Yad Hashem, and you're seeing the the wow, it's so it, it it's so serendipitous. It's like wow, it's it's amazing. Look at all the things that are happening here. One of your siblings, which we won't, we won't say a name right now, but one of your siblings when they when they tell over what you know, going to the supermarket and finding something that they that they were looking for. They tell it over as if the Rabbani Shlelem split the sea before them and did an incredible miracle because they see the Yad Hashem in every single thing that happens. And and they speak that way. It's, it's like, you know, I went. Well, I know who it's not. <laughs> the, the, um, you know, so, so it's like, I, I, I went and, and you're not going to believe what I... And then you, you're starting trying to think to yourself, wow, this is going to be some Pesach Kron story. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. And and there's nothing there, but there's everything there because they're, they're not seeing anything as Teva. They're not seeing anything as natural. They're recognizing the Yad Hashem in it. You can tell over the Corona story as... With a, or without. Without right? God. That's right. You can you can either have Hashem embedded in every single in every single line in every single page, or you can tell the story over as just mikra, as something kolasher karahu, as as Haman said, just tell over everything that happened to him and not see anything special there. And I I feel, you know, when we say the Shema, there's a reason why we cover our eyes. So if you ask most children, why do you cover your eyes? They'll tell you because we have to concentrate on the Shema, which is not wrong. It's not wrong, but it's not the exclusive reason. One of the reasons our rabbis explain that we cover our eyes is that we put ourselves in Hesterpanim. We put ourselves in darkness. 
And what do we say in darkness? Shema Yisrael Hashem Ken Hashem Echad. And that's and that's what we gotta we sort of gotta try to find. You know, like I was saying before, confront Purim, face it, look at it in the face, and say, Purim, what do you gotta say to me? So I look around, like like Mordechai did. The world is collapsing. For Mordechai, the world was collapsing. The base of Mikdash wasn't being rebuilt. The Jews were assimilating. He was losing them. They, they were, they, I, I was saying to you earlier, the, the, the most incredible image you have to think of what happened when Achashverosh came out in the Big Day Kahuna. He comes out in the Big Day Kahuna and he's, you know, some fat drunk and he's drinking out of the clay, the kalim of the base of Mikdash. Yeah? So, so I gave him Masha. I said, imagine you're sitting at a um, at, at a fashion show and somebody comes out with a, a vest and the announcer says, you know, so-and-so is displaying the newest fashions from, uh, you know, from Europe, a, a vest made out of leather. Special leather was leather that's made of scrolls that were collected from the Jewish people in the 1940s. And you look at it and you see, you see it's a taira that was turned into a vest. And imagine seeing this, and you know that it came from the Nazis, and you watch, you're looking at this, and you say nothing. You say nothing. You don't, you don't write a letter to the editor. You don't go over to the, to the organizer and say, I'm, I'm terribly offended by it. You say nothing. The, only, the best you could say is, uh, could you pass the wine, please? The kosher wine. The kosher wine. That's right. As long as I had kosher wine, I was okay. Because the, again, that's the same theme. They only saw... It's kosher. Everything was everything was where it's supposed to be. They didn't look behind it. What's the message going on here? Did you ever see that? There was a recently in the last five years. There was this H and M put out a scarf that looked like a talus. Do you see that? No. And and when you say that, it sort of it invokes that image of like it was a talus as a scarf for for men and women. It was but. It was like a weird thing, but again, I don't, I don't know if I did the wrong thing. It didn't. I didn't let myself get worked up over it. Maybe that was wrong, um, but but it was a similar image where, like, yeah, he did have that. You saw a model wearing a talus that had like tzitzis on it and like stripes. Oh. It's a I, fascinating image when you say that image of the Sefer Torah. Similar, because right. that's that's what we were holding. We were just we were to, so totally cold. And and so totally, totally not you know not connected in to what was going on around us. It was it was as dark as it could be for for Mordechai. Every Jew, imagine imagine what Mordechai felt like when he saw all the Jews. Haman walks out with the getchka on his chest, and all the Jews dropped to the ground. And he's the lone voice of sanity and 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 rationality, and he's standing there and watching his people dissolve like that. Imagine what must have been going on in the mind of Mordechai. It was as black and dark as it could possibly be. Everybody around him was sick with corona. As it, right. As yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Everybody around him. And he's looking at this. Worse than corona, meaning it's it was a, a cholea nefesh. It was much worse. It was right. fascinating. And all he sees is his avaida and what he has to do to lift up the Jews. And, and once you say the once you say the theme, so I was reading the 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 sefer the book I took to, from you from uh, Rav Shapiro, and he asked a great question. He said, "Haman, he says, who people poor, and he, it fell out on what day? It fell out on the day that that Moshe Rabbeinu died, but he didn't know that it was also the day Moshe Rabbeinu was born. So Moshe asked a great question: What's if if he what happened first? He was born, and then he died." So what, like, trumps all is the second thing that happened. So really, Haman was right. 
But Rashi says there that the the birth of Moshe is mechaper on his death. Fine. And then Ramosha launches into a very Ramosha Shapiro-esque uh, idea. But now that you have this theme, I look at that and I had an answer. And I said, because Haman made a choice. Do you want to see death or do you want to see life? Do you want to see God? Do you want to see Moshe? Do you want to see what he did? Or do you want to see what he didn't and how he died and how he can't anymore? And do you want to see void of Kedusha? Is that, and he's made that choice. To, right. to look at life that way. So it's who low high a day made a choice not to know. Once you have a theme, it's tremendous what you can, what you can create from that, that you start seeing everything right. besides for the things you see in your own life, which I have, you know, uh, tons of examples, but just in the story itself, you start seeing these things. Right. And that's Achashverosh was Achashverosh, a stupid King or a smart King. Right. When we were learning right. Megillah, we had this like, you know, trying to prove it from the words. But now you can sort of say he was under the influence maybe of a Haman where he was stupid in the sense that he was smart and chose certain ways to think. Right. And he chose to look at things a certain way. And that's wasn't right. Not to see God is not the right thing. Right. And and that's what I see Purim as. Purim is the day to make a choice. How am I going to look at the world? How am I going to look at, at my condition right now? Am I going to look at my condition as saying this is all Mikra? It was, it's, it's devoid of God. Keli, keli, lama zavtani. Or am I going to look at it and say, the Rabbanish Lelem is right here with me. And that in every single thing, you know, the old thank you, Hashem. Right? Thank you, Hashem, for my family. Thank you, Hashem, for being an artist. Well, thank you, Hashem. You like that, that minute that we do because, oh. so on Shabbos, uh, this is a little bit of around the Shabbos table just to give you a glimpse that, what we my kids are in love with it, and it's be, it's taken off. It's taken a, a a mind of its own. But we do we sing. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. And then we go. Thank you, Hashem. And we point to somebody. And really, my kids are in charge, and they point to somebody. And you have to say something you're thankful for. And it gets so specific because everybody wants to be a little happy. So you get so specific. But what it teaches you is that there's layers and layers and layers of things to, to say thank you for. And you could be thank you macro or micro, and you can choose and you can and you can say that. And it's like, it's just, it's interesting. Sometimes we get the funny ones, but every once in a while, the kids say something that like blows you away. Like, wow, that's what you were thankful. And it teaches you that consciousness of that there's layers and, and, and so specific you can be grateful for. That's that's the thank you, Hashem, of Perm, that... Right now, I'm in love with that man again. I hope that it continues as long as the kids keep saying thank you for Bubby and Zadie. Right, exactly. When they change that, then I think I'm going to have a problem. <laughs> but, but that's... My two-year-old, uh, Laurie, still says, thank you, Ashton. She goes, for Laurie. So for Laurie, yeah. there's room to grow on that one. Right. So, so I think I, I think that, that that's, you know, you sort of got to stare down Purim and you got to say, look, even if I'm sitting in a, in, in a Suda alone, I have so much to do at that Suda to 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 talk about. Where to, where is God? A great question to ask yourself is where is God that I currently am not seeing him? That's right. Do I not see him in my in my job? Do I not see him in my learning? Do I not see him in my in my davening, in my relationship, in my relationship with my kids, my relationship with myself and my productivity? Do I not see God there? In in what's going on around me in the world? What's going on around me politically? What's going around on around me? In, with 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 world health, am, am I forgetting to see God in this? Am I looking at the world like Haman, or am I looking at this world like Mordechai? And that's the Megillah. The Megillah is the test. Here's a Megillah. It reads two ways. 
There's a Tam Elyon and a Tam Tachton. You can read it two ways. How are you going to read this? That's awesome. And that's and that's my Purim. I'm I can't wait for Purim because I can't wait to put that into practice, which I, I really I have to say that this you know, I try to do this every year, but I, I just can't wait now. Again, because all the trappings are taken away from us, there's there's not fifty people, and there's not you know hundreds of people, and there's not all the shtick around it. It's just us. And uh, look, we we saw it last year on Pesach. We pull away all the shtick and all the you know all the trappings. Right, we still went till two o'clock, and it was right? and it was uh, and that it, was it just right? the proof that it, it exists. It's inherent. You just got to stare it down, look it in the eyes, and say. What do you mean to me? Okay, before we, um, terrific. And before we finish here, I just want to, I, I ask you to prepare your uh, your top three, or you can go with one or two, but your top three perm costumes it was always the Minig in, in La Jolla to have uh, extravagant, to say the least, um, perm, perm costumes. And uh, what, for, so it's about you. What, you. what were your top three? So I, I I don't know Say if I your can first get it to one three. And, I'll, and then I'll go and I'll give one. So I, in, in many different categories, I've got many different different ones that I loved. Um, I loved um, Elvis. Why? Why did you love it? It was it was it was so crazy, and I made a song, an Elvis song, for, for that Purim. Um, I loved I, what, what do I love about? It? I loved the, the the craziness of it, and uh, and the Russian that it made, the Russian that it made, of that you know what. We we have to we 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 have to give ourselves up to the to the simcha to the joy to the moment. I mean, d- d- costumes for me is a very very important thing. It's it, it, I feel it's an important the the hashkaf of it is an important part of everything we talked about tonight because the whole concept of a costume is that you have to look behind the mask, and that's really what Purim is. Purim is looking behind the mask, looking behind the hester, the looking behind the veil, and being able to see God behind the veil. And and that's just represented by this little stupidity called the costume. But there was an avoda for you when we went to Buffalo Breath to get yeah. to rent the costumes. It was Hareni Muchan. It was Mizuman. It was an avoda. It, it was cool it, because it, it felt to me like and this it, was, and it should be and it should be. But I, I'm I'm just I'm surprised that it that you felt that it was part. Right. Yeah. So um, another another crazy one was um, the hula skirt. <laughs> mit, 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 mit coconuts and <laughs> I remember that <laughs> that was a crazy one um, I re- so, my, so mine were the Fred Flintstone Purim oh yeah it was in Sheila's and I think it was also a Friday it's a Friday Purim that was I a think Friday it was Purim. also a Friday Purim that's right and it was in the restaurant upstairs yeah I remember that clearly I don't know why I don't know I, I think I remember the song I think you sang a Beatles song Let Me yeah. Hold Your Hand yeah <laughs> I think it was the first time since then I ever said that so right. so there you go Yona I also have some facts in here. Um, and then I remember the sumo wrestler. Right. I, I, I remember you overheating in that, but that was just so, it was so funny. Um, this massive, it was, you stuffed it with, um, with cotton. The cotton or stockings or something. Was something, it was something. There was something yeah. in there. Okay. And the, and the hair, you yeah. had like a netting and with a, with a Chinese thing right. hair coming out. And then the tights, the king. I remember the tights. <laughs> I think he came with a king costume, but king I remember costume. the tights. It was a king costume, yeah. Prince so, Charming, actually. Okay, so yeah. I remember the tights, but those were, um, those were like stuck in my in my memory. But you you weren't there for the motorcycle. 
Right. These are these were ones I think I was there for. But yeah, of course, the motorcycle. The Harley dressed up as a as a Harley guy, and I came into the Suda on the back of a motorcycle of a Harley. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of crazy a lot of crazy stuff on Purim, but but again, it 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 was it was infectious, and and it, right. Well, as you saw, as years went by, other people were doing it as well. Um, right. And like serious costumes, but not just for, for, for fun. I hope that it was infused that message as well um, of the importance. So Beautiful. Wish everybody a Freilich and Purim. And, and a Freilich and Purim, not that you should have fun, but that you should find the meaning of Purim, find the essence of Purim, and grab onto that and bring that into your life and, and just feel a sense of Simcha and that you can live with day after day after Purim. Awesome. Uh, you can always reach us at intentionaljew at gmail.com. You can reach myself and the rabbi um, for any questions, anything you need. Also, this video is up on YouTube. So for you, those of you watching on YouTube, drop a comment, a like, subscribe if you aren't subscribed. That helps us get this out to more people and help them um, hear me more because that's the most important part here. <laughs> so, But drop a comment. It helps, it helps with YouTube. So uh, be part of this and be part of what we're doing here. And hopefully we can uh, bring you, bring you some, a little bit of meaning. Just try to do that, and uh, I'll say yours. Pass the challenge, and uh, have a great Shabbos. And I hope this helps in your prep for Perm to see God in everything. Feliz Purim. And remember, you rock. <laughs>